showtime. We're back. Week one. Welcome to week one of the NFL season in the New Look Punt Return podcast. Football is less than 24 hours away as the Packers and the Bears kick off the season. The rivalry, the, the great rivalry of the NFL starting the uh, the season in celebration of NFL 100. Um, in case you missed it yesterday, this is a New Look Punt Return podcast here in 2019. New Look panel, Josh, James, and Nick, a little sprinkled in a little bit of Daz, Salt Bay, Daz in at the end there. Um, it's it's a good it's a good mix. I'm 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 keen. If you haven't checked out our uh, hundred minute around the NFL kind of style season preview podcast, please check that out. Um, we cr- we cover every single team and, and give some predictions about awards and, and whatnot as well. Um, I mentioned James and Nick. Let's get to them. Uh, Nick, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Feeling good. Really excited about this season. And uh, yeah, sorry to everyone who uh, listened to all 100 minutes of the season preview. Don't apologize. Uh, they wasn't be wasn't us. intended to be that long, but you know, it, it was pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. Mate, no one ever complains about stamina. You know, just embrace <laughs> it. Uh, James, how you doing? How you doing, buddy? Good. One night, one sleep to go, and we're ready to roll. It's the night it's before exciting. Christmas. It's... It is. It's so exciting. <laughs> it is. Uh, general formula of this show going forward every week. We'll recap the previous week to start the show. Any big talking points, any major storylines, anything that uh, you guys or myself have noticed that we want to quickly touch on, and then we'll you know recap some of our best bets results um, as well. So we're going to go through every week. Like every game, we're not going to preview every game, but we will mention every game briefly. Um, we're going to obviously preview every primetime game. They're the big ones that everyone loves. Um, and then we'll pick kind of our, our favorite games of the week as the season progresses. Um, and when I mentioned best bets, we're going to have some log shots this week as well. So if you're a little bit of a casual punter or an average Joe punter that loves a first touchdown scorer or a player prop instead of you know, betting big on a line or, or a total, then we've got something for you at the end. So hang around, listen to that as well, and, and we'll keep track as the season goes on who the best long shot uh, punter is, and that's uh, inspired after the great uh, Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron movie this year. If, if you guys haven't seen that, check it out, long shot. But anyway, um, that was not a sponsored plug, but it, it sounded like it. But um, <laughs> let's get cracking. Week one, I touched on it, Green Bay, Chicago, uh, Chicago are three and a half point favorites. The total is forty six and a half. Uh, gentlemen, maybe Nick start us off. Any thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, look, I, I like the Bears. Uh, I think their their defense is really, really good, um, and they're going to be hard to beat um, every week. I think, but the the Packers, you know, just just don't know how they're going to how they're going to play in new a new offense. Um, we know Rogers. We know Adams. Um, but I'm just not not confident enough at any of the the kind of the major markets in, in this one. I, I do like the unders, but I'm just not confident enough. I think the Bears will win if that uh, if that means anything. Okay, James. Yeah, I really like the Bears, but the money line is like 157, I think it is, and so I'm hoping to get something maybe better in play. So maybe Aaron Rodgers sort of takes the lead or something like that, and and also if that is the case, keen to see what Trubisky can do. Trying Down. to come up from behind, exactly. Yeah, that's trying what to, I'm really trying to throw left. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. I'm keen to see that aspect of Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, even though I don't like the Bears this year, and I'm like kind of fading them in in futures and, and whatnot. Um, I think if it gets back to flat three at home, um, in a season opener, then I'd probably lean towards taking that. Um, but I think. With week one, I always tread with caution. It's either like the greatest betting week of all time or or yeah. just one where you completely avoid and suss things out. But then I always find week two, you get the overreaction from the market and things like that. Um, 
So it's it's it's, it's hard week one. You just you don't know. It's just so many unknowns. Know. So many and, unknowns. Yeah. New coaches, new coordinators, new players. Yeah, new exactly. And and I'll note as well, Matt Nagy and Frank Reich both kind of take took a new approach to the preseason that we haven't normally seen, where they just full on rested starters in in week three, where historically we used to see teams sort of play like a quarter or or a half with their starters, whereas they just did not blanket anyone. So they've had a lot of limited, so they may be fresh, they may be rusty. You don't know what that impact's going to be. Um, well, you know, like, like like I said in our in our season preview, I think NFL preseason is basically useless. It is. Um, I don't think we learned, I don't think we learned much at all from it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really cool just to have football back, to be honest. And I'm really keen to watch the game. Yeah. Um, like and, said, and, and this new look Green Bay offense. Um, like under Matt LaFleur. I just want to really see, you know, how that looks and, and how that's going to work and, and who steps up um, in saying that. I, I do like kind of two sort of options in this game, if I'm not taking anything. I like uh, MVS, Mark, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. I like his overs. I think he steps up and, and he's going to be the number two guy. Um, they're kind of on the fence between him and Allison, but I do think he's probably got the higher ceiling and the better talent. Um, and then I think David Montgomery tomorrow, I think I, I like the overs for him as well. I just think... Uh, the Green Bay linebacking core doesn't really inspire me, so I think he could be a guy that can break some tackles in, you know, at the second level and uh, have some chunk yardage. Yeah, I, I like both those guys. I think I think one thing we can rely on is that that Rogers going to target Adams a hell of a lot, um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Adams on on the scoreboard at at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just it's hard to tell with with the new offense there. Yeah, great game to start the season. Um, let's move on. Uh, obviously, now we we get into red zone territory. And, you know, one of those games is the uh, Chiefs, uh, one of the Super Bowl favorites, uh, their road favorites, three-point favorites at Jacksonville, 51.5. Jacksonville obviously starting new quarterback here in Nick Foles. Kansas City returning a lot of their starters and a lot of their core players. Um, This is a pass for me. Um, If I had to pick someone, I'd probably lean towards Kansas City minus three, but I do think Jacksonville's defense, you know, isn't, is going to be good. He's going to be very, very good this year. And at home, they could surprise it. You know, I could see this game coming down to the wire and being a field goal game. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't want to touch the total. I don't want to touch the line. It's, it's a it's a clear pass for me. So the, so the pretty high 51.5 point total suggests, and with a, a three-point line to Kansas, is suggesting that Jacksonville are going to be able to point, put 24 points on the board, which to me seems really, really high and something that the Chiefs D in the with Spaniolo as well as new coordinator. I, I can't see Jacksonville scoring 24 points. Mm, so. It's a bit of a team total underplay, potentially. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Just, I think the Chiefs will have something to prove here, I think. More yeah. than most teams in week one, like that's a unit that has to show at, right out of the gate that they're that they're that, they're, that they've improved. Mm. So yeah, I, I like the Chiefs here. I, I do think the Jags ha- have a good defense, and I think they, they're going to have a pretty good year. Um, but I like the Chiefs' high octane offense to start week one. I like the the field goal points difference, um, and uh, I'd be going Chiefs minus three. If it gets to two and a half, I, I'm all over the Chiefs. But then if it gets to three and a half, then I'm, I'm tempted to take the Jags. Um, <laughs> it's always a key number with me, that three. And, and for most people, it is. But, you know, it's just hard to bet against Kansas City after what they did last season. But at the same time, they can't keep covering the spread. It, it, it's <laughs> It's got to eventually kick into gear. But, you know, week one, as we said, may present some value. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Baltimore minus six at Miami. Um, this is, you know, as the market suggests, pretty one-way market, uh, one-way match. Thirty-eight and a half. Miami clearly 
in the tank already. Very clear what they're doing. Um, but Baltimore, you know, traveling road favorites, nearly, uh, yeah, nearly a touchdown road favorites here, going down to Miami and playing um, in the Florida, the warmth of Florida. Uh, a lot of people uh, keep bringing up all oh, Miami at home in, in the heat in September, but I, I did some research. Miami have only covered five of its last 18 games at Hard Rock Stadium in September. So they're not obvious, <laughs> they're not that good against the spread actually at home. Um, but they're seven and one and Baltimore are seven and one straight up and eight and zero against the spread in their last game at last eight games against Miami. So things are pointing in the direction of, of taking Baltimore. I've already taken them minus four a few weeks ago. Um, I just had this feeling. I, I just, when Baltimore came out high in my team ratings, I was like, that's too big a discrepancy for me not to take. Um, if it gets to over a touchdown though, then, then I might think about potentially, you know, playing that gap and, and seeing how things go. But it just all signs point to the Ravens, uh, winning. But you've, you've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick shock teams in week one before, just, just as recent as last year. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good call. Fitzmagic could come back, but. There's not much else on on that Dolphins roster, um, and I, I'm really expecting a big Ravens win. I, I'm taking that six. I would have loved to to be on that uh, minus four, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm still pretty happy with the six. Um, I, I can see a double digit win for the Ravens, so yeah, I'm still pretty happy with the six. Yeah, Ravens for me. I just hope the game takes place because there's a hurricane concern, isn't there, in Southern? In, in throughout the south so yeah i think that's i think that's going to be okay via okay. via monday Good. i think it's it's okay i think it's hit bahamas and stuff now and it's at the last couple of days it's it's petering out and uh moving and we away. know lamar's going to run so the, you know the wind isn't going to bother him no exactly <laughs> um i my long shot this week um we'll get to it later but i think mark ingram has a massive game i think 100 100 yards and, and he'll score a touchdown um, I did like Brian Flores. I don't want to spend too much longer on this game, but Brian Flores came out and said um, Kenyon Drake will touch the ball a lot, and he considers him one of the most talented people um, on their roster. But when you look Drake. at their roster, I, I find that a very oxymoronic <laughs> comment. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a really great basketballer when I, you know, play against my family. Like, it, it's just, yeah, it's it, poor Kenyon Drake. Sorry, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, my mom is probably the best basketballer in our family. Just quietly, she's uh, very, very good. All right, uh, Atlanta at Miami. Uh, uh, sorry, at Minnesota. Sorry, uh, Minnesota at home minus three and a half. The total is set at forty-eight. Uh, James. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm just not a huge Vikings fan. I've mentioned this on the Futures podcast yesterday. Sort of not loving the idea there's minimal roster change and so much excitement for a team that won eight games last year or seven and a half games last year and have added nothing to the roster. I don't understand how they're clicking their fingers and suddenly going to be a 10-11 win division winner uh, team. So Falcons are really good as well. Um, I, I, I like that three and a half for Atlanta there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I like Atlanta getting over a field goal here. I'll, I'll have a, a little nibble at the money line as well. Um, I think yeah. I just think these two teams are pretty identical in talent and roster. Obviously, Minnesota being at home helps a little bit, um, mm. but you know it's going to be week one in this new Kubiak system, so there may be a little bit of rust in sorting things out. Um, I think me and Nick are going to clash here over the total. I like the under here. I just think the matchup here suits both D lines. I think they're vastly superior than their opposing O line. So I feel like. Minnesota's going to get a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan, and even though you know Atlanta don't really have an elite, um, you know, edge rushing talent, I think Grady Jarrett against you know rookie Garrett Bradbury first up. That's the that's the rookie's first assignment in the NFL. Grady Jarrett, like 
it, it could get, you know, really hard for Kirk Cousins as well, getting a lot of pressure. And, and I think Atlanta's defense is quietly, underrated, quietly underrated. If they can double team one of those receivers and, and, and make some stops, I think this total is, is, and I have it more sort of around the 40 range. Um, so I like the under quite a lot. Yeah, I, I like the overs. And if, if we were a couple of weeks into the season, I'd be stronger on it. I, I'm, I'm leaning overs, but I, th- I think both these teams are going to put up points pretty heavily this, this season. Um, but week one, you just you just don't know. Obviously, Cousins had a disaster last season. Uh, we know we know we know that Atlanta can put up points. We know that Cousins, when he's playing good football, can put up points, and and he's a really good quarterback. Um, so I'm leaning the overs, but you know I, I'm a bit I'm a bit fifty fifty on that one. Hmm. We know both te- both teams are going to be very good offensive teams um, throughout the season. Um, I just think maybe this is a good spot for the teams to sort of get kick things into gear and it might take a quarter or two to get going. That's that's why I'm leaning towards the under. Um, okay, Buffalo at the Jets. Uh, the Jets minus three at home, totals 40 and a half. Um, I'm staying away from this one, but this is actually like, if you said to me, I'm really, Josh, I'm really excited about Buffalo and the Jets. Like six months ago, I would have said, stop it. But this is actually quietly now becoming one of the most fascinating games of the week for me. I'm really interested to see how... This Jets offense and Adam Gase and and the and the pace that they're going to play at because the preseason showed us something a little bit. Um, I think Gase kind of was playing a little bit different in Miami because of his personnel. Now that he has a quarterback and and Le'Veon Bell and these receivers, I feel like he's going to get a little bit more creative. And and this defense, his Buffalo defense, is really good. And I want to see how Josh Allen goes throwing against um, the Jets corners that that don't exist. They're just guys from. Ro G. Um, so I'm actually fascinated at this one, and I think both these teams that we mentioned yesterday, the, the win totals depend on how they play against each other. So I think this is a case where I might just take the, the, the dog every time when these two teams play because I feel like it's going to just come down to the wire um, most of the time between these two teams because the Jets are obviously better on offense and the Bills are better on defense and, and vice versa. So it's a pretty interesting matchup. I think Miami's preseason demise has suddenly made the prospects for Buffalo and the Jets a lot more sort of intriguing as we head into the season. And a lot of people are now thinking eight and nine wins as possible for both of them and potentially even a playoff berth. berth. Um, however, I still can't buy, and like we've spoken to in, in the Futures podcast, about how much change has taken place at the Jets. And, whereas Buffalo are quite the opposite. It's a really solid D. They've got things under control in the front office. McDermott's been there. What, this is his third year now, fourth year at, yep, at the helm? Yeah, I, I, I like the Bills here. I think they can cover and probably even win so money line as well. Um, and like I mentioned to you guys, I think there's sevens around, flat sevens about the Jets season under and over, um, and that would be an under for me. So, yeah, uh, Bills in this game and Jets under on the season. Yeah, I, I like Bills in this one just because of their stability. Uh, I'd prefer if there was an extra an extra point on that line. Mm. Um, just, uh, I really like the Bills' defense, and we don't really know what to expect out of the, the Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Jameson Crowder. I think Crowder will be targeted a lot in the slot there. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think if I had to pick something, it'd be the Bills at the line if I could get if I could get the, the extra half a point, I'd take that definitely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I do like the under 40 and a half as well. Hmm. I don't think there's going to be massive amounts of points scored in this reckon? one. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like the I feel like the over might be in play. I'm, 
I'm oh, gonna, this, is, this is the second time that we're, uh, uh, yeah, we're clashing. Yeah, I, I need to do a proper research, but my initial uh, my initial uh, uh, formulations, calculations, have this going over, but uh, I need to double-check and, and check the offenses and the, and the matchups and things. But I do agree with you. I think Crowder might be a good uh, overs play as well um, this week. Yeah, and, um, and if we're talking fantasy, I think he's, he's a good target for, for fantasy and, and DFS as well. Yeah, definitely. He'll be very, very cheap. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, the Rams, minus 2.5. Their road favorites as well. Carolina, uh, and the total is flat 50. This is a massive game, probably one of the, the best games of the week. Um, this is huge for the NFC, just given how crazy the uh, how crazy good and close the NFC is going to be this season. Um, I don't want to touch this game. I'm leaning under if I had to. Um, and what are we going to see from Todd Gurley? That's the big question for me. Like, what what's going to happen with Todd Gurley in this game? Um, and also, what's going to happen with Cooper Cup? I want to see how how he looks as well. Um, so this is maybe just to grab the popcorn game for me and, and just keep an eye on that and see how both these teams are doing because. Um, as we said yesterday, Carolina, we're, we're big on them, James. We, we love them. Massive, but I'm, I'm also worried at the same time about Cam's health here and Cam staring down Aaron Donald as well as to come straight back from the ankle roll into this game. I probably even wouldn't mind if he takes this week off because seeing the Rams first up, yeah, massive game. The huge futures ramifications for both teams. It's the kind of game Seattle will be watching really closely as well to see what happens with the Rams. So... Yeah, this is a, a must-watch with a big um, bowl of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with both of you guys. This is a definite watch, but a, a no bet for me. Uh, it's a really big total. Um, but, yeah, I just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with, with Gurley. We don't know how his knee is. Um, Cooper Cup, I reckon, is going to be targeted a lot. I think they're going to want to get his confidence up really early. Yeah, some few so early touches, just get him settled. Yeah, mm. yeah, 100%. And... I'm going to love watching this game. I, th- I think that's that's my big prediction is it's going to be a great game to watch, but I'm not touching it. <laughs> yeah, good prediction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going to love too. watching the, the Rams and Panthers. That's good. I like that. That's good from you. Um, all right, Tennessee at Cleveland. Cleveland minus 5.5 at home, 45.5. I'm all over the Titans, plus 5.5 here and under 45.5 here. I'm fading the Browns early until I know what I know. I do like that matchup that OBJ has against Adoree Jackson, though. That could get ugly very, very quickly, but I do like the matchup here for the Titans in terms of running the football against the Browns' uh, run defense. The Browns' front is great; they're more suited to, you know, pass defense and 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 rushing the pass as opposed to run defense. And I like the matchup for Tennessee's interior against this terrible Cleveland offensive line. I think. Uh, Casey could have a massive, massive game here, and and mm. uh, Harold Landry as well, and yeah, I think Cameron Wake, as yeah, well. Cameron Wake, the ageless one. Everyone's talking yeah. about Frank Gore aging. Well, um, Cameron Wake's <laughs> like thirty eight years old and still Absolutely. has like ten sacks a season. Um, just yeah, the Titans' roster is just pretty good. Kevin Byard as well. If they double team, you know, they put him with the Dory to cover OBJ. Um, they're going to just have to force the Browns to kind of just go three yards at a time with Jarvis Landry because he can't run further than seven yards down the field, Jarvis. Um, so, yeah, I like the Titans here plus five and a half. So um, it's probably one of my favorite plays of the week to just fade the Browns because uh, the public are just going to go mad for them. And for whatever reason, Tennessee have seemed to have taken all the Cle- Cleveland preseason love personally and have made this a personal vendetta game. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's convenient as a week one thing, but for, yeah, it seems to have really riled them up as though they should be getting the Cleveland-like hype. So 
<laughs> oh, well, whatever, whatever works. But yeah, five and a half is too much for me as well. Tennessee should cover that, I think. Mm. Way, way too much hype on the Browns. Uh, I'd be a lot more comfortable with, with that Tennessee line if it was closer to a touchdown. I think the five and a half is a bit too tight for my, my liking. But uh, if I had to lean one way, it'd be, it'd be Tennessee to cover. But uh, I'm going to pass on this one too. I like this stat. Cleveland are 0 13 and 1 straight up and 4 and 10 against the spread in their last 14 games in week one. But obviously, yeah. these are all without Baker Mayfield. He That's didn't start with him. They have been fairly rubbish for us. Exactly. A, a time, but I just so. love that. Um, you know, that Baker hasn't, didn't start. <laughs> I do, I do like the total more probably than, oh, actually. I don't know. The total's good. The 15 of Cleveland's last 20 home games have had a combined score about 38 and a half points. So I do kind of think that you're getting nearly a touchdown there, that, you know, a bonus. And Tennessee aren't going to be this offensive juggernaut. So they're going to have to keep things close and run the football and, and keep the the ball out of Mayfield's hands if they want to stay in this. So um, it just feels like a field goal game for me. Uh, uh, Washington at Philly. This is one of the biggest lines of the week. I think it is actually the biggest line with, with Seattle. We'll get to that in a minute. So Philly, 10-point f- favorites at home. Totals 45. Um, this this line's just too big in week one, even, even though I love the Eagles. Like, I really like the Eagles this year, but I'm not taking anyone minus 10 in week one, um, even at home. I agree. I think the, the plus 10 is, is solid, but it's, it's, uh, it's too much. And I try not to bet on my own team just because... You know, I can see myself being biased, even unintentionally. Um, but you know, I think I think there will be points. So the the total the total could be something to look at as we get closer. Um, I want to know how healthy Djax is. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Like I said, I try not to bet on on Eagles games just because uh, I'm a little too biased. <laughs> Don't you don't you do the emotional anti hedge like just take, I, I've take tried that plus I've tried 10, that yeah. and I have yeah I've tried that and I ha- I have some AFL grand final stories like that yeah but, uh, <laughs> I can enough. I can tell you winning the bet does not make up for the team losing a yeah. grand final so fair uh, enough yeah look I'll probably not touch this one either <laughs> yeah. yeah Philly for me but it's one of those things uh, low for take double digit um, double digits in the first week so. Yeah, no thanks at all. Uh, okay, the next game, Indianapolis at uh, the Chargers. Chargers are now six-and-a-half-point favourites. Total is 44-and-a-half. So this was a flat three when Andrew Luck was healthy or projected to be the starter and healthy. Um, and then he got you know rumours about his ankle and calf injury, and that's when I took the Chargers minus three. Um, and then three weeks later, uh, that went out. Or while he was injured, it went out to three-and-a-half, and then he retired, and then it went out to about eight um, seven and a half, eight, and now kind of with this Brissett love a little bit. Peter King put in his article this week that he thinks Brissett's going to get an MVP vote. Like that's just going way <laughs> too far. Call. Yeah, that's, that's a massive just, call. Yeah, just ridiculous. <laughs> like whatever gets clicks, I guess. Um, but yeah, so now there's a little bit of love. So that's kind of hovered back down under the six and a half. Plus, obviously, we've got the Melvin Gordon drama. Doing James is out. Russell Okung starting left tackle is out, which would be big if Indy had, like, a dominant pass rusher. And they, they do, like, Justin Houston is. But, you know, this is his first game for the Colts in this scheme. So who knows, you know, how good he is going to be and how many snaps he will play. But, you know, if this does get back out to sort of seven territory, then I'm, I'm taking the Colts plus seven and, and going to ride uh, that plus seven and hope for the hope for a nice little gap there. But um, I think the Chargers win this game. But... I'm not touching it at the six and a half as we speak. Yeah, this is a game I really, really want to watch as well. And I think that six and a half is a little bit too big for Indianapolis. I think they can get there and cover it. 
And weirdly enough, outside of the luck injury, they are going in with a more settled lineup than the Chargers, considering Gordon and Akun and Derwin James obviously injured as well. And yeah. I think the Colts can cover there, yeah. Yeah, well, considering luck barely played at all or took snaps at all since OTAs. It's been Brissett the entire time. Absolute, so he's yeah, actually yeah, been... Totally. Like, it's actually, apart from Luck retiring, which sounds absolutely insane, it's actually been a pretty good offseason, apart and, from their star quarterback obviously retiring. But apart from all that, it's actually been a very positive offseason for the Colts. Yeah. And the more I think about it, that swing from nine and a half wins down to six and a half wins, I think that, and you know, I think that's a beautiful middle. So if you were lucky enough to get the under nine and a half, I'd be taking the over six and a half. Yeah. Um, and trying to get that middle as well, which is, you know, a nice landing spot, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. For the Colts. Well, yeah. you mean most of the NFL finish around that. So your chances yeah, are, yeah, are, totally. are amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Could not agree more there. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on this one? Uh, there are just so many reasons to, to not trust either of these teams, uh, in week one. I'm really keen to watch it. I want to see how Brissett uh, works with Ty and Funches and, and some of those guys, and, and just see kind of what what impact he's able to have early days. But yeah, yeah I, I won't be touching it. I'll definitely be watching though. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. tough defense for Brissett to face up first. Derwin James or not, it's still a very good defense. And just from that holistic point of view, this is also two really smart franchises. Like I really like Ballard and Telesco here and the way that sort of the direction both franchises are going in. Two smart teams, which is a great week one matchup. You don't normally hear that associated with the Chargers, but Telesco has quietly done a a pretty good job in in the fact that they're not paying Melvin Gordon and things like that. It's pretty pretty smart. If they get a first or a first round pick for Melvin Gordon, then like uh, it. We have to restart the season if, if there's a team dumb enough to trade a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon and then give him, like, $50 million guaranteed. <laughs> there was, yeah. a, rumor, yeah, there was yeah. a rumor that Howie, Rosley, Howie Roseman was on the phone as well over the last couple of days trying to fleece the charges out of Gordon, So, yeah. which is true, true Howie. Yeah, exactly. Well, one, one thing I do like <clears> – excuse me. One thing I do like is uh, Austin Eckler to have a, have a big game. I think that India hmm. uh, are a bit – uh, vicious against the run, and I think I think Eckler can have a big game. I think you can get some decent odds around him for over eighty or eighty-five yards. That'd be something that I can look at. The, the total um, yards or rushing? Uh, rushing yards. Okay. And I mean, I mean the maniac uh, I, and defensive rookie of the year has a big. Don't argue to say about that. Just quite well. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think I think the maniac is going to have another big year. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think historically the Colts are a bit suspect against the run mm. and. I, I really like Actually, Austin Eckler. Do you know what? They didn't allow a 100-yard rusher at all last year. Well, that's why I didn't say 100 yards. Yeah. But I said if you can get up and get some good odds on 80, 85, yeah, then perfect. We're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the money, and, and I think, no, but I, I think they're going to give him the yeah. ball a lot. Well, so. I, I generally agree with you. Last year was the first year that that's like ever happened in Colts history. Normally, we're always like bottom five in run defense. So, historically, they kind of bucked the trend a little bit last year. But I think... If you can get a total yards thing, I th- feel like Eckler might catch four or five passes as well. So if you can get maybe like over 120 total yards, then that might be something to look at um, because he can pick up those you know catches in the flat. Because I think that's something that's underrated in Eckler's game. Yeah, and and also something to keep an eye on for for fantasy and DFS purposes as well is how they use Eckler and and if you can and get Justin him, Jackson. you know, yeah, in a couple of those match day slates at good prices, then something to look at, definitely. Okay, moving on to the other 10-point favoured game, Cincinnati at Seattle, Seattle minus 10. Um, this might be the worst game in history in terms of wide receiver talent. Uh, total's 44.5. Apart from Tyler Lockett and uh, t- the two Tylers, Tyler Boyd and Tyler Lockett, um, there's just no names all over the field. 
Um, I don't think DK Metcalf probably plays. I feel like he's still a little bit banged up. So if he's out as well, um, it's just absolute no names at the wide receiver and, position. And, and Davis as well out as well for Seattle. He won't be playing an early part of the year. So yep. that's another loss and another target taken away from Russell Wilson. Yep. So yeah, I I, I just wrote eh for this game. I like, I got nothing. I, I don't want to talk I, about it. I don't like. I don't even want to watch it. I, I did like that comment from you, Josh. But I, uh, I, I look. I agree. I think Cincinnati are just going to be terrible this year. Yep. I, I'm leaning. I'm leaning the Seahawks. With the line at home. Uh, I I just really think the Bengals have got nothing. You know, the Seahawks could run right over the top of them, but ten is is as we've said before. Ten is a big line for for a week mm. one. If Clowney plays a lot of snaps, then this this could get ugly yeah. because they've got nothing at left tackle, um, Cincinnati, and this could just yeah, and Clowney's so good against the run, so this is going to help shut down Mixon as well. Um, if this dips back under the ten, then I might be interested a little bit, but apart from that, right now, no thanks. Well, as you guys know, I really like Seattle long term, which confounded you a little bit. But this is also, I mean, I know Schottenheimer gets a heap of uh, abuse for his his offense and he's very run heavy. But this is a team that did score nearly 500 points last year, franchise high record. Um, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the game. Chris Carson is huge, like 300 touches, yep. 1,300 all-purpose yards. Um, Lockett taking off. The defences, with the addition of Clowney, I'm really big on Seattle. I, and um, I think they could put Cincinnati to the sword in this game. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big win for Seattle here. San Fran at uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay one-point favourites. Total is 51. Another game for me. I'm not really keen on this one at all, even though I'm kind of interested in both teams to see how they do this year, but more so against other teams. This is an ugly jersey matchup as well, just till the... just. <laughs> Worst jerseys in the NFL in terms of colour meshing together. It's in, especially on Tampa Bay's field, and if it's an Arvo game, we're not. It's not going to be fun. But uh, if I am going to take anything, it's the over forty nine and a half. I feel like there'll be a lot of points here. Um, both teams are better, a lot better on offense than they are on defense. This is a cool one, Josh. In terms of Nick and I are very different in terms of how we see the forty nine ers this year. Nick's a big. Um, Garoppolo fan, and I'm. Whereas I, I don't know what you're into. Less, in. you're into less handsome quarterbacks. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, and I'm definitely into the un, under eight and a half wins on the season for San Fran. One of these things, teams that overpay significantly, overpay at quarterback leaves every other position vulnerable and you know and under resourced. And that's my issue with San Francisco, which was my issue last year as well. So I, I can't see them winning nine games this year. Okay, what about this game though? Uh, they have a good defensive oh. line against a really bad offensive line of the box. They probably could take a, a big advantage of that matchup. The Arians factor is huge for me, though. Like he's just such a smart, you know, court, uh, offensive guru. Hopefully, he's able to get Winston rolling out and hooking up with OJ Howard and these kind of things. Um, yeah, but that that is the, that that's the intriguing part of San Francisco. That D line, especially with Buckner as well, he'll take off this season. Um. Yeah, it, but yeah, a bit of a, a kind of game, as you said. Yeah, uh, Nick, any thoughts on this? Any counterpoint to uh, James's uh, anti-Niners? Oh, look, he's he's a very attractive man, isn't he, Jimmy G? Yes. Um, no, I, I I'm bullish on the Niners. I I'm unsure about the the season total wins, but I, I'm really interested to see how uh, how Jimmy goes in this offense now that he's fully fit. But I won't be touching this game. 
Yep, I, it's probably one of the toughest games of the week to judge, really. And the the you know Vegas agrees, the desert agrees. They've just it keeps flipping and flopping around that one pick and line. Uh, anyway, they, they just, get it right. They get it right pretty often too. They do. Detroit minus two and a half at Arizona, uh, forty six and a half. Um, look, I'm tempted to take Detroit as a, a road favorite here, which just makes your blood curdle a little bit. Um, but I am going to just focus on the under forty six and a half here. Uh, the Lions, they'll spend three quarters trying to establish the run. Um, and Kyler Murray will spend three quarters running around from uh, the Detroit Lions um, defensive line um, filled with talent and, and, and snacks Harris and may eat Kyler Murray whole. Um, so I am definitely taking the under 46 and a half here. Um, Detroit's last seven games all went under the total to close out the year. So they've just, you know, chipping away at defense and Matt Patricia just playing uh, possession and old school boring you know run the football football um and yeah so i like under 46 and a half here it's probably my favorite play of 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 week one this is a tough one for me because i see most of the nfl through futures eyes and this is the kind of game that has no futures implications whatsoever so it's a total nothing for me remind me to ask you off air why you love futures so much but we we might not have time on this show Um, yeah but we'll we'll chat off air but uh nick thoughts (laughs) yeah like you josh I, i like the unders in this one i can't see detroit scoring heavily with their run first offense uh, it's really disappointing because I, I really want to see Kenny Golladay get a lot of the ball yeah and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen mm. um, and so yeah I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game I don't think the Cardinals are going to put up points I don't think Kyler Murray is going to get a chance he's got no protection he's got he's going to have no time um, I like Detroit money line but uh yeah, that's about it for me yeah the, the only thing like pouring sort of ice on my play is a we we really don't know what Cliff Kingsbury is going to be doing. So this could be anything. Like, he, he is a bit of a, a mad scientist a little bit. He's been very vanilla in the preseason. So this could be something that just the, the Lions have have no clue to prepare for whatsoever and could scheme up something, you know, masterful. Um, and at the same time, Arizona are missing their two starting quarter quarter uh, cornerbacks. Sorry. Um, so we could see Marvin Jones and Kenny Golladay, as you said, going off big time. But I feel like if they do get up to a lead, then you start to see them just run out the clock and, and ice this game a little bit. Um, so I still think Golladay and Marvin Jones, um, maybe with a stack with, with Matt Stafford or even carry on with a triple stack, um, could be a, you know, a Lions heavy DFS play, um, this week just because I, I really enjoy the matchup with Arizona missing, uh, their two starting corners. Yeah, completely agree with, with all of that. Yep. Uh, the Giants at Dallas. Dallas minus seven and a half, 45 and a half. Look, Zeke got a new deal. I don't want to talk. It's exhausting. Um, Twitter has been talking about it for like 24 hours straight now, and it's just exhausting. It's yes, he got, months, yes he got paid. Yes, he probably should not have got paid that much. Yes, running backs don't matter. But anyway, this is another <laughs> snore game for me. Dallas win. I'm not really keen until um, Denny Dimes starts playing quarterback for the Giants. I'm not really keen on, in, on watching them play. Yeah, I could do without the lectures as well in terms of on Twitter and uh, debating <laughs> running back value and everything like that. Yeah. Yes, running backs diminish, but at the same time, Zeke is so important to what the Cowboys do. So, yeah. you know, exactly. Let's, yeah. <laughs> I, I love debating with Cowboys fans. Uh, I've, I've tried <laughs> to be a bit quiet in the last couple of days just because there's, there's just too much noise. Uh, <laughs> Dallas are really good this year. And, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think they just win. I think they win this game, but yeah, I'm not going to touch this one. I still think Pollard might be a actually a really good POI like point of uh, pod. Sorry, P, uh, wow, 
point of difference play in DFS this week because everyone thinks that now Zeke's back, he's not valuable. Whereas I don't, I think the Cowboys know that they don't really need Zeke to have huge amounts of carries after having the entire offseason off against the Giants team where they're favoured at home by over a touchdown. So, yeah, and, and Zeke, Zeke's only been with the team for what, four days. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Pollard's going to get the ball. He's going to get touches. And, and I kind of see in, in week one maybe that being close to 50-50. Uh, obviously, that, that won't continue through the rest of the year, but I think you're right. Pollard is an interesting player from a DFS perspective because I think he's going to get he's going to get touches. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, Pittsburgh at New England. Uh, this is the uh, Sunday night football game. Um, this was, you know, what historically would have been the uh, season opener, but the NFL changed things up for NFL 100 and, and went with Green Bay Chicago. Um, so the reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're six-point favorites at home, 49-and-a-half. Historically, the Pats have been just... They just love pounding the Steelers. But last last year, the, the Steelers got one back. But, um, you know, the Pats, they've beaten the Steelers five straight times until last year. Um, and at home, they're 39-16-2 against the spread in their last 57 home games. So generally, more times often than not, they cover the spread at home. The Patriots, but you know, word of caution. Historically, they cruise in September a little bit, so they know that's not really important. They just get wins in the wins in their in their back pocket, and then they start to build and build and build, and then just bludgeon teams to death um, later on in the season. So uh, I do uh, probably lean towards New England minus six, but I'm not going to uh, touch this game at all. Yeah, I no, nah, I'm I'm not touching this one. I. I'm sick of New England, and I just they're just so good, and they've been so good for so long, and I'm just sick of them, and I hate the Steelers, and I hate the fact that they can lose two of the best plays in the competition and still act like nothing's changed, and nothing's changed, and no, nah, I don't care. I couldn't care less. If they keep running zone defense, nothing's going to change because they'll just eat them alive underneath. I think Edelman's a great um, DFS play this week, maybe James White as well, um, catching passes underneath. Um so I do just think that that's, that's the way to go. James, thoughts on this game? Patriots in September is a pass to me. Like, but Detroit beat them by 12 or a couple of touchdowns this time last year. I think it was week two. Tennessee beat can, them as well. Tennessee beat them. Miami usually beat them at this time of the year. And I can just see sort of Pittsburgh. I've just got the image of Pittsburgh blowing them out and Belichick calmly and psychotically just taking notes on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Line. So yeah, that's exactly. the thing. You know, he's, he's having a laugh. So yeah, he... Yeah, he's just so good. He, he is. He's the greatest. He's the, big, he's, he's the biggest difference maker in, in in a sport that's so random at times. But he's just such a big difference maker for for your team and your franchise. It's, it's unbelievable. 100% agree. Yeah, yeah, he is unbelievable. Yeah, top five all-time GM, top best coach of all time. It's a pretty good combo, uh, the Belichick-Belichick combo. Um, so, Speaking of someone... Tra- he's tra- Brian, Bill O'Brien combo. Yeah, I was about to say, he's trying to replicate that is the Bob-Bob uh, Bob combo. And uh, speaking of them, they're on the road in New Orleans taking on the Saints. Saints are six-and-a-half-point favourites in the Superdome. 52-and-a-half is the total. Very high total. Um, look, I don't like the Texans, and if you listen to uh, the podcast yesterday, you'll know that uh, I'm big on them on the unders. But I kind of like them here, plus seven, because the Saints, they've won just one of their last ten games in the first two weeks of the season. Um, and that was a sloppy overtime win against Tyrod Taylor, Hugh Jackson-Browns last season. So 
they're, they're historically slow starters. We remember them getting blown out by uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick against uh, what with the Tampa Bay Fitzpatrick-led team last season. So they're a little bit slow out of the gates. I could see see it happening. And seven, if it does get there, is a big number, especially when you know that this offense is going to be able to put up points, um, the Texans, um, even though their defense may leak a lot to uh, to the Saints. They may be able to keep up with that. Yeah, I like I like both of these teams for for the season, but it's too hard to tell for for week one. Um, I think, funnily enough, I think so much better at home, uh, and it, it really suits them. But I also think the Superdome suits the way that the Texans are going to play this year. Um, and I, I'm really excited to watch this game, but I'm not I'm not touching it. Uh, New Orleans for me quite easily here. I'm I'm very anti Texans, and I think if it was later in the year, this could be like a 14, 15 point line. Yeah. Um, oh, geez, that's. Mad. Yeah. I don't know if it get that big. Maybe double digits, but two touchdowns is pretty yeah. big for for a Deshaun. Well, maybe I'm, I'm being team. quite parochial in terms of. Yeah. I, I really don't like the direction of the Texans here. Oh, I, all I, season. I agree. I 100 percent agree. And that's but what I mean. I think as as the season un- yeah, uh, yeah. unravels I think, and as, as yeah, weak definitely. as that squad gets, I think they, I could see them falling apart. Yeah, definitely. The way that their depth is, they're very thin. You know, they lose a player or two, and it could just all fall apart. I could not agree more there. All right, the last game of the round, the Monday Night Football. That, by the way, there's two Monday Night Football games. That's the early one. Um, so Denver at Oakland, absolute blockbuster um, in prime time um, as I roll my eyes. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is no line, so it's pretty much pick them at the moment. I'm absolutely just punching myself. It could have got Denver plus two and a half a week ago. Um, or two weeks ago, and now it's 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 almost trending that they'll start as road favourites here. Um, the total is forty three and a half. I like the Denver money line. I think they win. Shout out to my guy Adam Gotsis, a uh, friend of the Wooten Why podcast. Um, big contract year for him. I'm keen to see how he plays um, in between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and 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 uh, Derek Wolf. I think he's going to be a guy that. Uh, um, some, snap some necks and cashes some checks uh, this season. So uh, a big fan of Denver's defense. I think they get the job done. As I said yesterday, I don't rate Derek Carr at all. And yeah, so I'm, I'm on Denver. Yeah, yeah. I think Denver straight up. Uh, their their defense is incredible, and you know, like you said, Oakland's offense could be hot trash. So you, you just don't know what's what's going to come out of out of Oakland this season just yet. But uh, yeah, Denver straight up for me. Vic Fangio versus John Gruden, Checkers versus Jess in that in that respect, <laughs> um, and so that absolute edge for Denver in this game. Yeah, there was an article about all the Shanahan's and McVeigh's um, on ESPN a couple of weeks ago, and they asked like who was the hardest defensive uh, coordinator to game plan for, and they all said Vic Fangio. Yeah, and um, Belichick's always said that as well. Yeah, so and that's fan, an yeah. underrated aspect of the Bears as well. Losing like Pagano's a, a decent coordinator, he's a terrible head coach, but. Um, you know, like that's a massive loss it for, is. and I think it Denver's is. defense is going to be, you know, uh, really, really, really good this season. And they just need Joe Flacco to be a top twenty-five quarterback, and they can, you know, upset some teams this year and, and surprise a few people, um, especially did, at home where they have a better advantage. I did notice Josh, you took them in your um in your fantasy team as a defense. For the I season, did, so. I did last yeah, night. So, um, yeah, I saw I, that. I ended up avoiding David Johnson at the five conundrum. So, uh, but then he ended up going at eight. So a lot of people thought the same as me. So that's fine. Um, all right. So on this show, we normally do a lock of the week. Um, we did that with Daryl last year, only when we were confident. Um, so looking around here, it uh, looks like Denver money line actually might be the the lock of the week that we all agree on. Um, looking back, like 
all a consensus um, taking Denver. Are we all happy to take Denver as our lock of the week this week? Yeah, yeah any, any, any anti-Raiders is fine with me as okay. well. Okay, so. all right. So Denver Broncos, week one road winners in prime time. Get a, get a board on the Joe Flacco. <laughs> Hashtag Joe is elite. Um, let's, let's get going here. Um, so obviously Moneyline, if they ever get out to plus one or plus one and a half, then just go nuts. But, you know, within your means. Um, anyway, uh, so that's our lock of the week this week. Um, I do normally have a sound drop, but I'm a little bit rusty here. I'm ha- I've got some week one rust as well, so uh, I'll have that uh, later on in the season for us. Um, so obviously you've heard our like best bets and stuff uh, throughout the show, but I'll just quickly run through mine real quick. So I like uh, Detroit and Arizona under 46.5, Tennessee plus 5.5, and, and I like Atlanta plus 3.5 and, and the under 48 in that game as well. My long shot this week, I think Mark Ingram will rush for 100-plus yards, and I think he'll score a touchdown, so you can take the both of those. Or if you want, maybe same-game multi them or uh, whatever, and you could probably get around the 7 to $10 mark there or some on some player doubles um, if you just search around um, the marketplace there. Nick, uh, what are your best bets? Uh, yeah, as, as we just said, Denver head-to-head straight up. That's, that's my number one. Uh, I really like the Ravens this week. I think that six-point line is, is pretty strong, and... Uh, I really like them to have a, a 10 or 12 point win. Uh, Detroit, Arizona under 46 and a half. Can't see that many points. As I said earlier, I'm really happy with those. And uh, I've got two long shots. Uh, as I said, Austin Eckler, 95 rushing yards plus is about six bucks. You can, you can get, yep. uh, which I don't mind. I think if you, if you bring that down back to the 80, 85, as we spoke about earlier, that's still around the 415, 420. So, um, yeah, I really like that one, but I also like Carson Wentz. My new man, after Nick Foles is gone, Carson Wentz, 250 passing yards and Philadelphia to win, which you can get at about 315. Okay. Uh, and James, your best bets uh, this week and your long shot? Yeah, I like the Colts to cover at uh, Chargers, like the Bills to cover at the Jets and Falcons to cover at Minnesota. And yep. just a small long shot futures thing that I saw floating around was Philly to have the number one seed in the NFC. However, that kind of works against how much I like the Cowboys as well. So, but I thought at, at eight dollars for Philly to be number one seed, it's very sort of Rams Saints uh, dominated that market. But Philly had a nice easy schedule as well, so could, okay. could be could be something there. All right, there's all our best bets for the week. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, a guy that you're all familiar with, uh, Daryl Data. All right, joining me on the line. As he did for, I think it was twenty weeks. Actually, he he went missing for a week um, in Europe. Um, so nearly twenty weeks last year was Daryl Data, um, our uh, mad scientist. Uh, he's back again. Um, he is the uh, the star of Stats Insider. Daryl, how are we? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, um, ready for another season. College underway last week, and yeah, looking forward to the NFL games this weekend. How did the uh, college go last week? Uh, Model had a really good week, yeah. Um, a few big winners. Um, I think the Thursday, Friday games, or whatever day that was here, yeah. <laughs> did particularly well. And then, yeah, a couple of winners over the weekend as well. So, yeah, good first week for the model. Um, hopefully we can carry that on into the NFL season. Yeah, I just want to apologize to JT Daniels from the from uh, USC. I bet on them and he tore his ACL, <laughs> so I'm single-handedly responsible for that. Um, I apologize. Yeah, I'm apologizing, uh, first and foremost. So, um, if people who are just joining us, uh, for the first time ever, welcome. 
Um, but if you want to check out what's going on and what the model is, you keep if we keep referring to the model and Stats Insider model, head to statsinsider.com.au. Check it out. You can click on NFL. You can go to fixtures, and you can see what the model projects um, and looks at percentages and gives a play based on you know how likely or likely that model has to cover a game. It did very well last year. It predicted Tampa Bay's hot start, upsetting the Saints at home in week one. It was an amazing start to the season, so you can check that out. They update all the way up until kickoff, um, and they also do uh, some stuff in play as well. Um, so Daryl's going to join us at the end of the show every week um, and just give us some of the uh, best bets uh, of the model. Sometimes they have six or seven really strong plays on a week. Other times it's only two or three. So uh, let's get into week one. What's uh, the model's best bet? Yeah, we're missing that kind of big underdog that we had offered at the start of last season. It's disappointing. Um, yeah, nothing massive value this week. I think our biggest underdog is probably... Um, I don't know, probably the Falcons' money line, uh, which is only a what? Plus one seventy, $2.70 kind of price. Um, but yeah, the biggest bet of the week at the moment is the Falcons plus three and a half. Um, we have that 11% difference to the market, uh, 61% probability. Um, you can get, still get, I think, some three and a halfs out there. So I think it's a good price to take that one. Yeah, uh, I think Nick and I both agreed there as well. Isn't that, that's correct, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah, it's good. it should be a really good game to watch, and I'm I'm really interested to see it. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind the Falcons at all. Yeah, and and looking at PFF's uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup, the highest uh, advantage of the week according to their um, projections is Julio Jones has a 35 percent <laughs> advantage over Xavier Rhodes. So that's kind of the biggest mis- mismatch between wide receivers and corners um, this week. So that could be something that Atlanta capitalize on. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of all in agreement. That would have been the old school uh, lock of the week last year, Daryl. Um, yeah. But we're uh, eliminating the model from the equation this season <laughs> to see how we go. Um, but but Because it was never always a guarantee with the model every week no. to have a play. So uh, between the three of us, we'll come up with something. Uh, but uh, what else does the model like this week? Well, I was going to say, at least we're not doing IDFS projections. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd pick Hugo Jones and it would be a disaster. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, now that you're not doing it, get on everybody because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Daryl's not putting the locker on Julio. <laughs> um, so second bet, Denver under 43 and a half. I'd like to get 44 there. I think that total's fluctuating a bit. We'll see where it ends up by game day. Um, but yeah, that's the second. I think it's about a 6% edge last I checked. Hmm. Um, I don't. Anything you guys have on that one? Yeah, I we we that's our lock of the week. Uh, we like Denver to win outright. Um, we're just waiting. Yeah, a nice low scoring game. Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think like yeah, Oakland won't be able to score too many points against this uh, Denver defense. And then Denver, obviously, their offense isn't going to be anywhere as close to as good as their defense. And and Flacco might take a little bit in the new the new uh, offense to get rolling and and get started. So um, yeah, I. I was just so focused on the Denver money line. I didn't really consider the under. I definitely think if you can get 44, that's it's going to be um, probably a better play. Um, so just but that one's the last game of the week, so you got plenty of time to kind of sit and wait for that one. Uh, Nick, any yeah, thoughts I on that? Want to watch of, um, over money for the yeah, well, I think we all kind of said earlier that the Denver defense against the Raiders' hot trash offense um, should, should really take charge, and yeah, I don't, I don't mind the. The unders in that one, but I've yeah, my, my best bet was Denver straight up too. But yeah, the unders the unders does make sense. Okay, and Daryl, uh, what's the last uh, bet best bet for for the stats insider model um, in week one? Yeah, last best bet, and for actually our last um, smiley that we have, we only have three on site at the moment. Might change by game day. 
Um, but yeah, Carolina plus three. Um, if you can't get plus three, I take the money line there rather than the plus two and a half. I think at the current prices um, across the board, that gives a bit better value. But yeah, Carolina the final selection from the model at the moment. Hmm. That would please James, who is pounding the table for the Carolina Panthers uh, this season. So yeah, that's a game that we're kind of avoiding, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch the game. I can't wait to watch the game, but yeah. I'm not going to touch this Yeah, well, definitely avoiding uh, from a betting perspective. Um, definitely getting in, involved in from a DFS and uh, uh, watching perspective. But I don't mind the play. I think uh, if you're going to catch a good team like LA um, off guard, week one, especially on the road, is definitely the place to do it. Um, so, you know, off the Super Bowl hangover as well. So, you know, not a not a bad play from the old model. Um, I don't, I don't we'll mind. We'll see. It. We'll know by Sunday. Yep. And uh, we've been doing a long shot. Um, you kind of touched on it before, but the Falcons money line, as you said, I think you can get about two seventy, two seventy five out there if you look around the marketplace. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I, I, I like that. Yeah, I think we talked about it last year, but underdogs early in the season as well potentially have some value spots. Uh, obviously, twice mostly on the spread, but you get some uh, upsets early in the season. Especially indoors as well, um, you know, in particular with this team, the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan especially thrives indoors in a dome and, and things like that. So it kind of suits the Falcons and their high-octane offense as opposed to playing them out in the elements as well. So um, all stuff to consider. But, uh, yeah, there, there we go. There's the, the model. So there's 12 best bets across the board, a couple of double-ups there, a few long shots for everyone listening. So we've catered to everybody. Um, I think it's it's going to be a good season, Daryl. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to uh, be checking uh, refreshing stats insider uh, on a Sunday night as I watch uh, NFL Countdown, um, and then uh, and, and putting some uh, putting some plays um, on the board. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to the betting, looking forward to the DFS this weekend, and yeah, trying to work out um, what method we're going to go with to get red zone on Sunday night. Yeah, the, the conundrum uh, that Topical every Australian household is uh, undergoing right now. I have texts from so many people asking me about red zone and what they should do with red zone, um, including Nick as well, who <laughs> uh, we had a discussion about it the other day. So, yeah, it, it's... Hot, hot topic in the office. Oh, all mate, hot topic in every office. I, like, I think even the girls at Mamma Mia were chatting about it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they were, they're huge. Uh, they just love the... Love the NFL. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That Where we have it, week one in the books um, for the punt return. New look show. I'm hoping uh, everyone enjoys it. Um, as I said at the top of the show, you can check out our 100-minute season preview podcast. Um, if that's too long, this is 55 minutes, right up your alley. And uh, you can always just uh, check us out on Twitter. Um, so at, at Stats Insider, um, I'm at JYNFL, and Nick's at, at Nick's Splitter. And uh, we'll be back next week for week two, and, and Daryl will be back as well, hopefully um, counting some money and um, some DFS winnings as well. But until then, uh, enjoy week one, enjoy Red Zone, however you get it, and uh, we'll be back. Cool.